Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. We are at AM850 here in the St. Louis region, worldwide at KFUO.org. Good afternoon. It's time now for our moment in creation with Pastor Warren Worth of Good Shepherd Arnold. Good afternoon, Pastor Worth. Good afternoon, Gary. What's on your mind for the creation moments segment today? Design arguments for God and irreducible complexity. But before I do that, maybe I should just... Uh, make a plug here. This is actually chapter 29 out of the New Answers book number four, which is produced by our good friends at Answers in Genesis. Master Books uh, publishes this. They have a whole series, obviously, if this is book number four, and they have a lot of answers to questions that people might have. Some of them are frequently asked questions like, where did Cain get his wife and stuff like that, uh, but all kinds of things about uh, radio metric dating and uh, the, the creation of the earth and evolution and millions and billions of years, all kinds of things. And this is chapter 29 of the fourth book here, uh, and this particular chapter written by Professor Stuart Burgess. So uh, just a little plug for our good friends at Answers in Genesis. If people are still looking for Christmas gifts, this is a great Christmas gift idea for people who are interested in science, interested in the creation versus evolution debate, uh, and maybe even if you just wanted to buy this series of books to have in your home library or your church library as a good way so when people have questions, you can help them find good biblical answers. Because, again, the people at Answers in Genesis are Bible-affirming people and uh, are, with us, willing to always bring people from creation back to the subject of Christ who is our creator and redeemer, and whose birth we celebrate in this holy season. So just a little commercial for them. As we dive into this chapter, just briefly, uh, we don't have time to get read everything in the chapter to people, but if they want to refer to it, it's in the book. And it's also at the Answers in Genesis website. That's answersingenesis.org. Last week when we were together, we talked about the bombardier beetle and, and what a wonderful creature and how God's design is wonderfully displayed in this little creature that God designed with the ability to to shoot out of its back end hot gases and noxious uh, gases to defend itself against predators. And we talked about how that couldn't just happen by accident, because all the precise things have to be in place, fully functional for this to work at all. That wouldn't happen incrementally with little bitty changes over millions and billions of years. It could not happen. And there's lots of things like that in all of creation for people to realize. Uh, so, you know, the, the argument that you know there has to be a God from seeing all the design in the created world, that goes back to the Bible, right? So in Romans chapter 1, you know, the Bible says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that people are without excuse. In other words, nobody can shake his fist at God on the last day and say, I didn't know you were there. Everything in the created world around us points to God, his wisdom, his power. So we can see it in what is designed. You know, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4, it says, For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And again, that's really kind of a no-brainer. If you would find uh, evidence of an old castle or even an old log cabin, out in the middle of nowhere, you wouldn't think that it just happened by accident over millions and billions of years. You would realize somebody was here before me, somebody who designed and built this thing. Well, how much more is that the case 
when we see all created things, especially all living things. And so the idea that you can know that there is a God because you see the design and complexity of the world he made, that's a biblical argument, and Christians have been making it since Bible times. Uh, in recent years, of course, with uh, more interest in science and so forth, uh, and the creation versus evolution debate, uh, people have made the argument of intelligent design all the more, because the more we study God's world, the more we see his design at every level. So last week we talked about the bombardier beetle, but there are all kinds of other things that have this matter of irreducible complexity. What irreducible complexity means, it's evidence for design that represents a key scientific test for evolution. Irreducibly complexity is a term applied to structure or mechanism that requires several precise parts to be assembled simultaneously for there to be a useful function for that structure or mechanism. Uh, it could not be produced by evolution because evolution would not be able to do a step-by-step -step change that would lead to all of these pieces being ready at the same time in one creature, like the bombardier beetle having two separate chambers for these chemicals that when mixed in the combustion chamber, then they explode and uh, are forced out of a special valve in the rear end, which he can then direct with a specially designed turret so he can blast his predator that's, that's chasing after him. But that's not the only example. There are many, many examples in God's created world. When you talk about the eye, when you talk about the human knee joint, when you talk about uh, the human arched foot, and you examine every single component of it, you say, wow, this couldn't have happened by accident. The fact that it's designed exactly this way you know, could not happen over millions right. and billions of years, step by step. All or none, and as I said last week, it, it has you can't have parts of it without the other parts so there's no way it could have uh, one part could have grown at one time and then you know a thousand years later another part or something it just doesn't work that way absolutely and you know we see that not only in things that are existing today we also see that in uh, the fossil record you see again and again in creatures that are no longer living but we only know about them because of the fossil remains you say well there too there's evidence that God designed every single thing to be the way it was, couldn't have happened by accident. And even evolutionists have confessed that. Prominent evolutionist Stephen Jay Gould admitted that the fossil evidence supports the creation worldview. He said, the absence of fossil evidence for intermediary stages between major transitions in organic design, indeed, our inability, even in our imagination, to construct functional intermediates, in many cases, has been a persistent and nagging problem for gradualistic accounts of evolution. So even evolutionists, when they're candid, admit that the evidence is against them in the fossil record and in living organisms today. And so we as Bible-believing Christians do not need to be shy about this at all. This article goes into much more detail on this than we have time to talk about today, but they mention uh, the common designer. So you look at eyes in all the different creatures, whether you're talking about uh, mammals, uh, birds, fish, reptiles, you know, all these creatures that have eyes, and you stop and think of how many things have to be in place to work for the eye to work. You have to have light-sensitive cells. You have to have a lens to direct the light to the light-sensitive cells. You have to have nerves that conduct the impulses from the eye to the brain. You have to have a part of the brain that can decode the electrical impulses and translate that into vision. There's so many things there that couldn't happen by accident, even one time, 
let alone in all these different kinds of creatures that are not related. And, it, you know, it's just an astonishing thing. Another thing is over-design, is that you see that God has over-designed creatures. So there's nothing there. Uh, there's lots of things that are not just absolutely essential to life or function, but they're there because God designed us with more capability than is absolutely bare-bones essential for life. So in human beings, the example is that God has put so many muscles in our faces. There are 25 unique facial muscles, and people have more than 10,000 different facial expressions they can make with this. And it's astonishing that God would lavish that much design into the human face that you could make that many kinds of expressions that are a way of communicating way beyond just what's necessary for survival. And then added beauty is everywhere. And so you talk about the feathers of birds and all kinds of things where you say there's really no reason this would evolve. The fact that you have, for example, peacock feathers, as elaborate as they are, and it goes way beyond the need for mating or something like this, because there's other ways that creatures can communicate to a potential mate. It's just, you see God's hand all over the place. All these things that show this design uh, shows that God is certainly the grand designer. And so we as, as Christians, especially as we get into the Christmas season, look around the world. Even if you look at snowflakes, each individual snowflake is so beautifully designed. All of that also testifies to the wonder of our wonderful God who created us and who sent our beautiful Savior, Jesus Christ, into this world to redeem us from the ugliness of our sin, that we might be part of his eternal design of everlasting life in the new heavens and the new earth, the home of righteousness. Would you like to lead us in a prayer as we conclude this segment? I would be glad to do that. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, when we look around at the universe that you have created, we are in awe at your wisdom and majesty displayed in all the design we see, especially in living things. And above all, Lord, we praise you for your grace and mercy uh, that are part of your eternal design for our salvation that you promised, and in the fullness of time you sent Jesus to be our Savior, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered and died on Calvary's cross in our place, and now forgives our sins and promises us everlasting life. Help us, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that we repent of our sins, trust in you as our Redeemer, and look forward to spending eternity in the new heavens and the new earth, the home of righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, and I look forward to uh, talking with you next week. I would look forward to talking to you, too. God bless. We are the messenger of good news. We are worldwide at KFUO.org. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcast.